15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of digital audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is um, continuing to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, uh, from MSNBC Your Business to Inc.com to People First, Fit Small Business, a whole bunch of different sites. Uh, we are enjoying inclusion on the list of the best podcasts to listen to. It is my firm belief that this is because of the wonderful guests who join me on this podcast. Uh, we have wonderful conversations where they share their expertise with all of you. Uh, so that you can uh, be more successful, get your questions answered, and do better things. Today we have such a guest. Uh, today we have uh, with us Kevin Eikenberry. Kevin is the founder and chief potential officer of the Kevin Eikenberry Group. He's been named one of Inc.com's top 100 leadership and management experts in the world and is the author of several books, including Remarkable Leadership, and his new book, The Long Distance Leader. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, it's a pleasure, Diane, to be with you. I'm happy to have a chance to chat with you. I know. You know, we, we travel in the same circles, right? And, but we don't necessarily have time to just, you know, have a conversation, just the two of us. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, and I love this topic. Well, let me just say, um, well, I love topics about leadership anyway. But... More and more, uh, people are embracing this idea of working remotely, and it can have you know, definite benefits and challenges, and I'm curious what you have seen 
as um, some of the biggest challenges facing remote leaders in today's economy? Well, you know, you start out by saying people are embracing it. Not everyone's embracing it, but whether we embrace it or not, it's here. Like the real, it is our reality, right? So whether right. you're you're listening and you're you're running your company, you're like, man, I don't really want my. I just soon have them all right here. Uh, you may not be able to keep them that way. It may not be the best option for you. Uh, but I think for many of us, Diane, we've woken up and realized, whoa, they're not all here. And uh, so whether we like it or not, it's the reality that we now live in. And so I think, you know, there are challenges to, to get now to, ed- to stop editorializing and get to your question. <laughs> um, there, are, there are challenges and, and the challenges are varied. Uh, and some of the challenges are in people's heads. I think one of the most common challenges we hear is how am I supposed to manage these people when I can't, like, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't even know if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, I, you know, and to which I always say, well, unless you're looking over someone's cubicle down the hall, how do you know that anyway? So you ought to be having ways to understand uh, dashboards and measurements and tools and, and communication to know what people are accomplishing anyway. So I don't think, I think in other words, that challenge that we hear often, I think is sort of a fake challenge because if you're really dealing with and worried about that, then you probably have bigger challenges as a leader than just figuring out how to deal with your folks who are remotely. Um, I think the, the more real challenges are in areas like, how do I deal, how, how do I build relationships with my folks at a distance when I don't see them all the time? How do I build the trust that I need to have the, the kinds of, uh, the kinds of uh, success we want to have as a team when I don't see people? How do we communicate at a distance and how do we make decisions and and how do I coach people which does come back to that first point a little bit like how do I coach people successfully when we're not in the same location so I would say those are some of the big challenges that we that we hear and that we observe and and for me not just as you talked about in the opening being a writer and a consultant and all those sorts of things about leadership but leading a team that is remote every day that I'm experiencing as well ah very good. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's interesting because when I was getting ready to, to have you on and, and do this, I kept thinking about the remote employees and how hard it is for them to feel like they're part of something, <clears throat> excuse me, because they're, you know, they're not all together, which then is really turned around to a leadership challenge. How does the leader make sure people feel like they are part of a team. As, as you said, you know, a minute ago, I got, I got to think that's one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing here is that you may be leading a team that we would call a hybrid team. It's the kind of team I have where some people are here and some people are not right. So I don't have everybody gone. See, so let's back up and say that I believe you have a remote team. If you have one remote person. Okay. Right. You don't have to have everybody remote to say, I got a remote team. Uh, I think many people have a hybrid team, some people in, some people not. And, and actually that may be the bigger challenge because not only do uh, the people who are out away, right. Who are remote um, don't feel as connected and somehow feel like the people down the hall are getting special privileges, special benefits. That's where, you know, we, Oh, we went to lunch. Well, you couldn't go to lunch because you were in Paducah. Right. So like, there's all of that. And then there's the vice versa of the people in the building say, Oh man, I'm getting all the, I'm getting all the extra tasks because I'm handy. 
people out there are, you know, working in their bunny slippers and eating bonbons and they're getting their work done and they're not having to be bothered by the boss all day long. So quite honestly, um, you've got those issues both directions, but you, you identify it correctly that uh, oftentimes the folks who are working away, uh, it's harder uh, for them to be engaged. It's harder for them to feel connected. And that responsibility falls squarely on the shoulders of the leader to help make those things happen. And we have to work at it harder, Diane, than we do. I mean, it's hard enough, right? Yeah. Employee engagement numbers are not good anywhere. Um, They're even harder. It's even harder to do. And we have to be much more intentional about doing it when our folks are remote. Yeah, I, I would think so. Okay. So you've got these people, some are in, some are out. And you have common goals that have to be reached. Um, it, how do I want to ask this question? If how does a leader? Oh, I, I'm really struggling with how to ask this question because what I'm thinking is there are leaders who this is sort of thrust upon, and then there's leaders who make the decision that they're going to have remote workers. And I guess I'm wondering if there is a difference, you know, do you see a difference in how well it works depending on which of those two scenarios are in play? Not necessarily because the people that have chosen it, let's say you started your company and you decided to build a virtual company. um, You may have made that decision for business reasons. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good at leading those people remotely. Uh Even if it was thrust upon you, you might say, Hey, I've got to figure this out and get after it. So I don't, I mean, I think it's a great question and, but I don't think there's any immediate trend there. So let's talk to each of those people just for a second. Okay. Okay. So you are in a corporate setting and it's been thrust upon you, right? Uh, we're growing, but we're not building any more office space. We're not leasing any more office space. So you can hire new people, but they can't, they're going to work at home. Wasn't my choice, but it's my new reality, right? So if that's you, number one, take a deep breath. Uh, number two, buy my new book, uh, the longest leader, (laughs) but, but seriously, number three, uh, is okay. I've got to decide that I'm going to make this work right? So I'm going to engage in new ways. And I'm sure as we go throughout the call, this conversation, we can continue to talk about that. But one, yeah. but if it's been thrust upon you, make that decision and say, okay, here it is. Now I'm going to go after it right now. If you've made the decision, your, it's your business, your decision to be made and you've done it, you, may, you have to make that same, you have to come to that same conclusion, right? Okay. Right. I, I have, I now have folks I don't see every day. I have, now have people that I figure out how I'm going to communicate with and coach and keep on the same page and keep engaged and keep on my team and not going to work for somebody else. And they're remote, which means I'm going to have to work at it harder. So for all of the advantages that might come to me, reduce costs, et cetera, um, I've got other issues now that I got to think about. And I, I'm encouraging you to be intentional about those if you've made the decision to build a a remote or a virtual team. Okay. So I love this word intentional. I I so get it that that you really, regardless of how it comes about that you're doing this, you really have to be intentional about how you go about it because uh, you can't take things for granted. Like people aren't right down the hall. Yeah, let's just take it. Let's just take an ex- a quick example, right? Great. I walk in the, I walk, well, I was here before anybody else, but when other people walked in today, I could say hello to them. 
And I did say right. hello. And I didn't just not like they came by my desk or my office or I walked downstairs and I said, hello. Yeah. Well, that's three. There's 10 more. Right. And, and have I reached out to each of them today? And if so, how? Um, do, am, I, am I making phone calls? Am I instant messaging them? Our instant messenger was down today. So, okay, so now what am I going to do? Right, like, so my point is, I didn't have to think about saying hello to someone downstairs. I mean, right. I mean I'm saying there are certainly people that might walk by and ignore people, but they're probably not listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> right. But for those other folks, I have to decide that I'm going to engage with them. And if I don't, and they don't, it doesn't take long for them to think, well, he just doesn't care. Like, right. well, what's he doing there in the home office? We're out here working and he's in there doing whatever he's doing. Right. And they don't even know. And most of us don't assume positive intent about others, right? We tend, right. To, we tend to assume the worst. So we have to be intentional in a hundred ways. That's just one simple one, very simple one. I think that's a great one. And, and it really does point out <clears throat> um, exactly. It's a great example of the kinds of things that, that we need to be thinking about. So before we get into tactics and things, I talk some about the financial impact of poor remote leadership on a business. Yeah, here's the big one. Everyone thinks about the, the positive benefit, right? Well, we got less cost right. of, of uh, real estate and all that sort of stuff overhead. But here's the big financial cost if we don't do it right. And most people aren't thinking about it. And, and Diane, right now, in the, in the world in which we live right now, a world of full employment, this is a super big deal. Um, if folks are working remotely, and you already said, they may, it may be harder to have them feel connected and engaged, Okay. Um, yeah. so it's really easy for them to say yes to a different job <laughs> if they don't feel very connected. And so let's look at this on three levels. First of all, what's the number one reason that people voluntarily leave a job? They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel appreciated. They fire their boss, right? Like right. they fire, which was related to not feeling appreciated. So yeah. The number one reason people voluntarily leave a job is that they, they, they're looking for a better boss. They're looking for a better connection. They're looking for a better boss. And so if we're not doing a good job of being intentional about leading, guess what? And it's harder to lead remotely. That puts a pressure on it. Now, secondly, they don't feel as appreciated. They don't feel as connected. They don't feel as engaged. So they might be a little more open to looking around. And then third, it's a much easier yes to a change. Because if I work at home, so we're talking about remote workers, but mostly what people are thinking about, and in most of the cases, we're talking about people who are really teleworking, right? They're working from right. home. We got some people working in client sites and other sorts of things. But fundamentally, let's talk about someone working at home. If I'm working at home, I have a routine. And I do my stuff, and I go to work, and then when my day's over, I go to my other stuff. If I go to work for a different company, the only thing that changes is the laptop and the login. Right. If I go to the office every day and I'm going to change jobs, now I might have a different commute. I may have to rework my childcare. I might have to reorganize my day. And there's a bunch of other stuff that I have to consider before I say yes to the new job. If it's one remote job for another, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so 
if I'm not happy where I'm at and I don't have a boss that's doing a good job of leading me and helping me be successful and I don't feel connected. So, so turnover is a huge cost back to finances, right? Turnover is a huge cost and we're running a risk of more turnover when our folks are remote. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be that way. That's why we're having this conversation, right? Right. But it's a big risk. It's a really big risk. Interesting. Okay, I I get that. And and it goes along with making sure that you're leading them effectively, right? I mean, that's really what it's all about. So, So let's flip it around. I'm curious about what the impact is of of good leadership on remote workers? Well, at first, I would say that the impact of good remote leadership on remote workers is just like the impact of good leadership on any workers, right? So in other words, if we have a boss, a leader, a supervisor, a manager, whatever word you want to use, if we have that person who is... um, helps us set clear goals with whom we have clear expectations, who provides support to us, gives us clear uh, direction, gives us coaching and on, 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 communicates with us successfully, does all of those things. If we have that leader, we're going to be more successful. We're going to be more content. We're going to be more pleased with where we are. We're less likely to go. We're going to be more productive, et cetera. And the same is true whether the folks are down the hall or whether the folks are you know, in another time zone or literally around the world. One of the big ideas, you know, Diane, you mentioned already, the, we talked about intention. And to me, yeah. one of the big ideas of leading more effectively at a distance is that we must be much more intentional. Another big idea is that leadership is still leadership. We're not changing everything just because some of our folks are remote. But the things that are changing are critical. So it's like small changes, but big differences, right? And so one of my mentors, Diane, told me long ago that uh, small hinges swing big doors. And what we're really talking about here are the little things that we have to adjust and nuance and think more about and do differently. Um, And it's way more, And so while it's way more the same than different, what is different matters a lot. Got it. Okay. This is so interesting to me because I get it. Um, and and one, one of the things that, that we're going to, I think, be able to do in this conversation is maybe eliminate some of the trepidation that business owners and leaders might be having about embracing the idea of having remote leaders, right? Because uh, remote workers, because right. they'll have tools, right? So First, I want to take a quick sponsor break so then we can get into all that. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Long Distance Leader by our guest, Kevin Eikenberry, and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. 
So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Kevin Eikenberry about successfully leading a remote team. So I'd like to talk about trust because I feel like trust is a really big issue when it comes to successful leadership, successful employee engagement, um, and, and I'm thinking that it, it, there's sort of a, a different level of trust or mistrust when it comes to remote workers. Well, yeah, let's start with this idea that when we don't know, we make it up, right? <laughs> and so yeah. if, um, if people don't know what I'm doing or what I'm working on, then they may wonder, they may wonder if I matter, if I care, et cetera, et cetera. So just the fact that we're not together makes it harder to build trust. Doesn't mean it can't be done, right? Because what we can do is we can start to break down trust and say, what are the pieces? And one of the things that we, we ought to think about in terms of how trust is built is we trust is built with, between people when people know there's a common purpose. When people know that where we're headed is in alignment, right? And so like, if I know that your intention is good in relationship to me and that you're really trying to reach the goal and we have a common goal, then the, that, that should aid in the trust between us, number one. Number two is trust is built when we know that the other, when we have a sense of the other person's competence, right? Like if I know something about your expertise and your knowledge and that you are pretty good at something, then I trust you at least in that area. If I never see you, it's harder for me to know that or to build that understanding of your competence, right? So this is just a couple of areas where if we don't see people interact with them in a, in a regular sort of way, then we're going to have to work to build those. However, once there is a solid foundation of competence and once there is a clear understanding that we're heading in the same direction, then we've got a real shot at, at the foundation for building trust, right? Um, one of my favorite ways to think about trust, and I don't even know, honestly, uh, remember if we said this in, in the book, and, and we keep talking about this book, The Long Distance Leader. I want to make sure everyone knows it was co-authored by one of my team members, and his name is Wayne Tramell. So the book is by me and Wayne Tramell. Uh, one of the things that I like to think about, about trust, Diane, is this, and that is that trust is a noun and a verb. Right. So trust yeah. exists. That makes it a noun. Right. There is trust here. Right. And I trust you, which means that's that's an action that I'm taking. It's a verb. So I believe that as leaders in general, but certainly as a remote leader, that we need to remember this fact that the more of the verb we do, the more of the noun we get. So if I want to have a higher level of trust with you, Diane, one of the things I need to do is to trust you. In other words, I need to offer trust. That means if I'm leading you at a distance, I need to give you projects that matter. That means I need to ask for your opinion on decisions. That means I need to engage you in meaningful ways. So when you see that, well, Kevin really is offering those things up, those are all trust-building things. That's so great. I, that, I, I love that, that, that when you do the verb, you get more of the noun. I love that. 
And see, here's the thing. I believe that that is a profoundly true statement. And here's the thing. If both of us are from Missouri, no disrespect to our friends from Missouri, but if both of us are waiting for the other person to show me, yeah, takes us a long yeah. time to build trust. Yeah. Someone's got to go. Someone's got to right. offer. Someone's, gotta, someone's got to give the other person a shot. And that's our job as a leader to do that. Okay. Boy, that is huge. Okay. That, that, I, I just love that. Okay. So, so let's talk about um, some techniques, <clears throat> excuse me, that leaders can use. Because the thing that keeps popping through my head as we're having this conversation is that communication is probably a really big part of this. <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> is. Well done, Diane. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I took a shot. Um, it, and communication is one of my favorite subjects. But um, boy, I, I don't know. I guess I just think that communicating well could be really great, but communicating poorly could be really awful. So talk some about communication techniques, let's say, that, that work very well for helping to continue to develop the team and the and the feeling sure. and the success of the organization. Sure. So let's start here. Um, when we are in the same building and seeing each other, the what, what ought to be our number one form of communication is face-to-face, -face, right? It isn't always because we use the thing called email, but it ought to be, or we certainly have the ability to have a face-to-face -face conversation. And if we're in different places, we don't have that same thing. So that means that all of our communication is now mediated by technology, whether that technology is a phone or an email or an instant message or web software like you and I are using to have this conversation or whatever, right? Yeah. So that means that it's mediated by technology, which means that we as leaders must be comfortable with the technologies and we must be aware of the technologies and be clear about when to use which ones. So I'll give you a simple example. Everyone who's listening, unless you work alone, everyone who's listening has been in an email thread that's about the third or fourth email in and it is going sideways. Yeah. And the reason that one of the biggest reasons that, that happened, that's happening is that's not the right use for email. Email is not a good conversation tool. It's just not. Email is really good for us to have asynchronous communication, right? So if you've got people who work for you that are four, five, six, eight time zones off from you, email is a tremendously valuable tool because you can send the question asynchronously and they can respond when they're online. Like email is awesome, right? I'm old enough to remember not having email, but <laughs> it's really valuable. And yet we overuse it and we even more overuse it when people are remote because we, we, we don't want to have a hard conversation or we think it's faster or whatever. So we send an email. So back to the thread, three or four emails in, I can tell you what I tell my team. If we're on the third email, someone needs to pick up the phone. Yeah. And I actually say, and you heard me say this before we, you hit record, um, because right now we're using a technology where we could be on video and mine is on just because mine is almost always on. Every, every tool we've got, it starts with it on, right? And here's why. 
uh, I, I believe that the webcam is the next best thing to the face-to-face -face communication. So yeah. the, when we use it, it gives us more clues than just words, right? Um, yeah. If all we've got email, really, we communicate in three ways, what we say, how we say it, and how we look. And in email, really all we've got is one, what, the words, right? And if on the phone, right. we have the words and the how, the, vis the, the, the vocal cues. Right. Uh, but when we go, to the, we go to the webcam, we actually get the visual cues too, how we look. And so I would say if, if you said, Kevin, you got one thing to say about how to be a better communicator at, on a remote team, I'd say, turn off your email and turn on your webcam. But, but in general, I'm not, I'm not really bashing email. What I'm saying is let's use the right tool for the right job. And as the leader, we need to be aware of that, thinking about that. And then we have to set expectations and, and norms with our team about how we're going to do what. Right? So folks get on a meeting with, so here's an example. Yeah. We got a bunch of ways on our team that we could have a meeting or even have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, right? And so when we schedule something, we, we put in there which tool we're going to use, whether we're going to use our instant messaging oh. tool, which happens to be Slack, or whether it's going to be on a go-to-meeting, or whether it's going to be on Zoom, or whatever. There's all these tools, and we use them all. And because we teach this stuff, we sort of have all the tools available to us. But yeah. the meeting itself is set up uh, up front, and people know even a phone call. I mean, even just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, like I'm going to have next after we're done, it's both people already know where it's going to be. Right. So that sets a, an yeah. expectation for us to be more successful. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, it does. It does. And so for me, one of the big takeaways there is that it's up to the leader to set the expectations and then be consistent with them so that people know what to expect and they get used to a certain, you know, process or um, I guess standard operating procedure sort of thing. So there, there's no guessing. I keep going back to what you said before about, you know, when, when there's no information, people make it up. And it, it just so resonates with me that, one of the easiest things I think we can do as leaders is make sure that we're sharing as much as possible as far as how we're going to meet, when we're going to meet, what it's going to be about, you know, what we're hoping to take away from it. So we don't give people the opportunity to come up with their own story. Oh, exactly right. And, and so, and so here's, so our responsibility is, as you said, to set the expectation. Our, ex, our responsibility as a leader is to know how to use these tools well and model yeah. their use and then pick the right one at the right time for the right purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so along those lines, let's talk about um, best, some best practices. So if we have people listening and they have remote people and maybe they've struggled with it, or maybe they're thinking about, you know, setting this whole thing up. Right. Um, what are some things that they could do right now while they're waiting for your book to show up on their doorstep? Turn off their email and fire up their webcam. Um, <laughs> okay, there's well, one. But no, I mean, okay, I'm being, I'm being a little. I know because I already said it. But there are yeah. a couple things. Um, have a conversation with your remote folks. Ask them for some feedback on how it's going uh, and how okay. you could support them better. Ask them um, if they feel 
like they're in the loop, right? Do they feel connected? Do they feel engaged? And if not, what do they would need, would they need to help them? So, I mean, I would encourage you to just have a conversation with each of your folks, ask some questions, shut up and listen, and then use that as a springboard to say, where, where should we start? Uh, that would be one of the things I would do. And I would not send them an email. Thank you. For that. I was going to say, right. You're saying uh, Have a probably conversation. a, yeah, yeah. Face-to-face -face or over webcam, right? So you well, like, And, and, you and even if you can't get to, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that every, I mean, I'm not saying that we never use the phone here because we do, right? Yeah. I'm just saying that, um, if we just got people to turn off their email and pick up their phone, that'd be a big, big win for yeah. many because they're not even doing that. I mean, the old joke used to be, you know, people are down the hall for each other and they're sending emails. Right. And, and we said, yeah. this is silly. The only, the only difference in the world now is they don't have the choice to walk down the hall. Right. Right. So I had, right. you, you'll appreciate this. I had the chance on my podcast um, um, recently and I, depending on when this comes out or when people are listening to us, this episode may or may not have come live on our, on our podcast, the Remarkable Leadership Podcast, but I had Tom Peters on as a guest. And Tom Peters, with his partner, Bob Waterman, wrote the famous book, In Search of Excellence. One of the most famous things that come out of that book was the, the phrase, managing by wandering around. Yeah. And, and so when Tom and I were talking, I said, Tom, it's pretty hard to wander, you know, from, you know, from the U.S. to India, you know, to, to Paris, to, to France and back, all in the same day he goes you're right he says we can't really talk about we probably have to think about uh managing by phoning around and i said you're right so you know i think yeah. it's really managing or leading by phoning around leading by webcam uh because we can't just walk around and just check in and say hello and so um the other side of that is don't forget that those people are there and need that touch point and that you do have the ability to be, and, and the obligation really to be checking in with them and talking to them and listening to them. And some of them will, some will need that more than others based on a yeah. whole bunch of factors, including their communication style, including their confidence level, including their time with the company, et cetera. Right. So <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to have exactly the same process for every single person, but you ought to have a clear process for every person. And I try to have a radar that says, man, it's been too long since I've talked to this person, right? And I have some people on my team that are remote that will reach out to me every morning on instant message and just say, hey, you know, good morning. And that's a cue for me to make sure that I engage with them uh, because they need it and they want it. But it also is often the case where then there's a business thing that happens, right? Oh, hey, I right. really need to talk to you about this, that, or the next thing. It's, it's the equivalent of the person saying good morning when they walk in the door. Right. Yeah. And so a couple of my folks do that. A couple of my folks, some of my folks don't, that's not as important to them. So what I'm saying is we can be flexible in terms of how we communicate with our folks, whether they're internal or they're hearing, excuse me, or not, but we do just have to be far more thoughtful and intentional about it when they're not to your point. Right. 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 Okay. Um, is there, for people who are not used to being intentional, is You mean there... like most people? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to say it, but yes, you're right. Most people. 
Well, they're they're listening. To, people are listening to you every week, Diane. So you might as well let me be the one to give the harsh. <laughs> right. You throw them under the bus. Okay. Um, are there um, like exercises or things that you would suggest they do so they can learn how to be intentional? Because I'm I'd be surprised if people could dive right into that and suddenly be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, that's the, that's the big, one of the big ideas here is to be more intentional, but I think we've talked about several of the specifics, right? Like, yeah. come up with a plan for how often, so here, here's, here's one, I mean, it's just a slight extension of what we've already talked about. Um, many of you probably have some sort of recurring conversation with your team members hopefully that is scheduled or at least there's some timing associated with that where you have a face-to-face or a one-on-one i am suggesting that you need to be more intentional about that with your remote folks and so whether it's daily weekly bi-weekly or whatever probably not more than bi-weekly um then you ought to be have a clear expectation with everybody that, Hey, we're going to try to have this. We're going to try to meet once a week for 30 minutes to talk about what you need, what I need, and just to be, make sure we're on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. Right. In other words, 30 minutes, whatever that is. And if we've got, if you and I have come to that agreement and you're my boss and now I know that there's no big surprise. If you, if you reach out to schedule that, or I don't have to get all stressed out about the fact that we're having that conversation, right? So my point is that's an example of being intentional. I'm just going to schedule those meetings. And they may not be standing times. Like if I look at my calendar right now, I, have, I had a meeting uh, this morning with a member of my team. And at the end of that meeting, we set our next meeting. We don't have a standing okay. time to have our call. But the fact is that and, and I call it a call. It was, it was on video, just so you're, if you're wondering, we were on webcam. But the point is that I'm now intentional about that and saying, okay, Marlene, we're going to have a conversation every how often. Let's schedule our next meeting. And so part of, of getting better at being intentional is just picking those things that I know I need to do. One of those is, when am I going to interact with my folks? Right? And having a clear expectation about that. One of those might be, how am I going to just connect in and say, say hello and check in with them. Another one might be, how am I going to intentionally make sure I'm, I'm, I'm knowing about their work so that I can be an effective coach for them, that they're on track or they're not on track or whatever. So I would just say, think about those areas where you know you need to work on as a leader with your remote folks and then say, what do I need to do to be more intentional in that area? Okay. All right. And I like this idea of scheduling things. I, I think that if people, in order to build the muscle, if at first they say, I'm going to schedule, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to put on my calendar um, the wandering, so to speak, right? Yep. Whether yep. it's virtual or not. And until I get used to this just being a thing that we do and everyone gets used to this is just a thing that we do. Because otherwise I could see people just having the best intentions in the world and getting so busy with the minutia of the day that the day goes by and they haven't done any of it. And then the week goes by and they haven't done any of it. And they wanted to, but they hadn't really developed sort of the innate ability to just do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right with you 100%. I, I'm, not, no, I'm not sure I'm quite as hopeful as you are that we can take it off our calendar eventually. Um, yeah. and, and just okay, get it automatically. Um, but I'm with you 100%. That's for sure where we've got to start. 
And, and, we, and for oh, everyone listening, and this is important yeah. for people to hear, whether their team is remote or not, for every one of you listening is saying, but, but Kevin, I don't have time to do that. Like, if you, you don't see my to-do list, I would say uh, as gracefully and as, <laughs> as nicely as I can, you don't have time not to. This is yeah. your job. Yeah. Right? I know you got a list. I got a list. I could show it to you. Right? Um, yeah. And this is part of the job. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's so true. You're welcome. This is what being a leader is all about. And, and interestingly. Listen, let me say this. Right. Follow people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. They choose to follow people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And all of those are harder to do when we're remote. All of yeah. them can be done. Yeah. All of them are harder to do. And And when you've got... You said something before about, you know, you're, you're not necessarily going to have the same strategy for everybody. It's going to depend on their preferred communication style and their yep. personality and whatnot. So I, I just want to touch on that a little bit. Does, does that, that sounds to me like a, a successful leader is going to have that conversation with each person to, for them to together come up with a strategy for how they're going to have that communication, but it's the leader who has to start it. That conversation is not, is not likely going to happen unless the leader in, starts it, initiates it, right? But you're exactly yeah. right. That's exactly how it ought to be done. How okay. can we best communicate and be successful together? Right. Oh, I like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That is so great. I, I so appreciate this information. This is such an important thing. Um, and even for the people who don't necessarily have remote workers, they might have contractors that they work with remotely, but they still need to be able to have this mindset. It's the um, same. Yeah. It's the same. Um, you, you know, you're still leading those folks. You're still communicating with those folks. You still need to build trust with those folks. It, it's, I mean, the same. It's not legally the same if they're a con right. you know, contractor versus an employee, but yeah. uh, I would say to you that the legal construct of how they get paid is minor detail. Yeah. And the reality is they're all a part of your team. And quite honestly, I believe right. if you think about it that way, you're going to have way more, it's going to be way more successful. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Will you share with our listeners um, how they can get the book, how they can get in touch with you, et cetera. No, I'd hate to do that. I know. Um, <laughs> Let me twist so, your arm. Okay, so here, here's the thing. So we've been talking about the book, The Long Distance Leader, that I co-wrote with Wayne Tremel. It's called The Long Distance Leader Rules for Remarkable Remote Leadership. And you can learn more about the book and get pointed to buying a copy. You can buy a copy anywhere. But if you go here, longdistanceleaderbook.com, um, there'll be a way where once you buy a copy, uh, you can get some special bonuses for having done so. And so longdistanceleaderbook.com would be a great place to go. You can see more about our, uh, that part of our business around re leading remotely at remoteleadershipinstitute.com. And uh, if you can spell my name, Kevin Eikenberry, uh, you can find us, Kevin, E-I-K-E-N-B-E-R-R-Y.com. Find my blog, uh, weekly video releases. Uh, you can find our podcast and a whole lot more right there. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. 
Uh, and I'd like to thank the listeners uh, and our sponsor. Remember, if you would like to get a free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook when you sign up for that trial, go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. And as always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.